Up on the ump, season five, week eleven. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We are ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tuning in live this evening from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me, as per usual tonight, are Sam and Eli. Fellas, how's it going? Hey, Joel. This is Sam. I'm broadcasting live from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Back in Brooklyn, everyone. Survived the Midwest. You survived. Yeah. And uh, all the tornadoes involved. Um, Anyway, my hot take for this week. Well, it's a hot take and a shout out. I got to give a shout out to my uh, excellent girlfriend who doesn't follow sports news per se, but reads regular news. And when she sees things she thinks I might be interested in, will send them along to me. And my hot take has to do with this one thing she sent me this week, which was uh, a little blurb about a tweet that Jose Canseco sent out in response to the A-Rod J-Lo wedding announcement Instagram post claiming that Alex Rodriguez has been having an affair with Jose Canseco's uh, ex-girlfriend. And <clears throat> Jose Canseco is kind of insane. Yeah. And also is um, launching his own podcast called Straight Talk or something like that, or The Hard Truth. I can't remember. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it could be a publicity stunt. I choose to believe it because I feel like that fits in with what we all know is uh, A-Rod's true dirtbag personality because he's just a just a terrible person. And he's stupid, too. Like, he's the sort of, like, stupid that would, like, shoot his golden goose in the head just because right. he wanted a chicken dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's sort of a trend there are hot takes where you say something about A-Rod and then I say something about Boston sports. So here we go. <laughs> My hot take, everyone. This is Eli coming at you from Boston. Um, great to be here. My hot take this week is um, a, a salute, perhaps, to the marketing team of Tom Brady, who um, today joined Twitter. April 1st announced hey. he's going to retire. Um, April Fool's. It was an April Fool's. <laughs> Not well calculated. I mean, well calculated to his introduction to Twitter, I guess. But um, he, you know, I was just thinking about his marketing team, who probably like last April Fool's was like, oh, you know what? We should probably get Tom Brady on Twitter. And then someone was like, you know what we should do? Wait until next April Fool's and say we're retiring. (laughs) Anyways, it was pretty lame. Uh, I'm just, the last thing Jose Canseco tweeted out was a World News Daily report headline that reads, couple having sex outdoors in Bigfoot costume gets accidentally shot by hunters. <laughs> yeah, Jose can say good Twitter is actually really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my name's Joel. I've got a basketball NBA hot take. 
And my hot take for the week is don't make fun of the refs because they will get the last laugh. In NBA game between the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves last week, overtime, Timberwolves were up by three points with less than 10 seconds to play. Golden State inbounds the ball. Kevin Durant attempts a three shot, is fouled, and hits the three, right? So it should be a tie game with him going to the line. But the ref said that the foul was before the shot. So the basket didn't count, and Golden State had to inbound the ball again. So they tried to play again. This time they get it to Steph Curry. He hits a three to tie the game with less than two seconds left. And when he hits the three, all of the Golden State Warriors, I shit you not, Start pointing and laughing at the referees. However, there's two seconds left in the game. Minnesota's got a shot to win it. They inbound the ball, and the refs call a total phantom foul on Kevin Durant. Minnesota goes to the free throw line, hits one of two, wins the game 131 to 130. My whole point is, if it takes the referees conspiring against them to beat the Golden State Warriors, I am on board. I am team refs against the Golden State Warriors. Wait, you're off that bandwagon now? Yep, I'm off that bandwagon now. Warriors have been around for too long. They're getting too cocky when they start actually pointing and laughing at the refs to their faces. Yeah, I feel like uh, the refs were probably like Nelson from The Simpsons after they made a call to the to the bench, you know? <laughs> well, they're, like, they're also, like, kind of coming off the rails and seems like their coach has kind of lost control of the team, right? Like, they're lashing out at They've the media. Been. They're, like, playing below their potential, and they just have had a lot of kind of incidents like this, I feel like. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, they're still number one team in the West, though. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought Houston was. Nope. Golden yeah. State. Yeah, they're still probably going to win the NBA Finals. <laughs> they're still but... probably going to win the NBA Finals. <laughs> right. But they should be, like, running away with it. Yeah, like, they're definitely that not That shouldn't be a probably. That should be, like, they're definitely going to win the NBA Finals. Right. Yeah. You've got four of the five best players in the NBA on your team. You should probably win the NBA Finals. Right. Yeah, they're probably going to win the NBA Finals. Yeah. They're right now the one seed in the West, but they're only a game ahead of the Denver Nuggets. Oh, the Nugs. Right. I forgot they yeah. did this year. Yeah. Um, but enough about basketball. Did you guys watch any baseball this weekend? Yeah, nope. a lot of it. Yeah. No, you Eli? Is that what you said? <laughs> I'm just pretending that the last four games didn't happen to the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except for Mitch Moreland's comeback in game two. But I didn't watch it, I swear. (laughs) Right, so let's start there. Um, Four games set, uh, Boston at Seattle. The Mariners took three out of four from the defending champs. The Red Sox, how many runs did they score in that four-game series? Because they scored a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, The issue was the starting pitching, right? Yes. And the defense. And the defense, really? Yeah. The team, 
I would say the Red Sox don't really look like they are prepared for the season. Like in game one alone, they had a couple errors and then like Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley Jr. crashed into each other in the outfield. Um, There were some like base running mistakes. It was just like really sloppy baseball, which is something. And then add to that poor performance by the starting pitching across the board. uh, It just seems like their spring wasn't utilized very well. Yeah. They did play a long time, you know, more than most teams last year, so. Well, what I had been reading is that they didn't, specifically Chris Sale. Chris Sale lost the first game, and that the Red Sox didn't really use Sale a lot during spring training, that he had minimal exposure during spring training because he has uh, endurance issues, and they want him saved up. September and October. My question to that is, how willing are you to drop games in April and May in order to have a healthy Chris Sale in September and October? I think it's too early to be playing that type of small ball. Okay. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna manage your pitcher's arms, you you have them you do that closer to the playoffs, which is what they did with Sale last year, if you remember. They yeah, they sat him for how long, Sam? Maybe like a month? Before? Yeah, it was, he was injured for a while, and then they basically shut him down. But it didn't work, though, because he hardly pitched in the postseason. Well, like he only, he didn't, I don't think he started a game in the World Series. Well, he finished the World Series. Yeah, right. He closed it, but I don't think that. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't know. He didn't pitch much in the postseason. He didn't pitch as much as you would think that he would. Right. But, like, he pitched less than Rick Porcillo in the postseason. Yeah. I think no one pitched more than Evaldi. Right. Or, no, uh, Price pitched a lot, too. Yeah. Uh, anyways, all of them got chased out of the game. You know, within the, I don't think anyone lasted more than four, maybe four innings. Uh-huh. Yeah. So not a great start to the pitching rotation, but hey, 162 season, game season, one rotation around. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. So. Yeah, it's too early to freak right. out. Yeah. No, no, no. It's exactly the right time. Start freaking <laughs> out. This is the best part about the first week of baseball. Overreactions. <laughs> How are the White Sox doing? One and two. <laughs> Not bad. Actually, actually, technically now we're one and three. Just they lost, lost today? Just a minute oh. ago. Yeah. They pulled. I was watching that game. They pulled ahead in the eighth inning. Yeah, and then their uh, bullpen collapsed, and that's going to be an issue all year long. The other issue is defense. We had a couple of errors also. Um, White Sox dropped two out of three to the Kansas City Royals. They just lost at Cleveland a minute ago, so... They're one and three on the season. The pitching is still going to be an issue, although Lucas Giolito was our one winner against Kansas City. He had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning and then gave up two hits and a run but still held on for the win. So if Giolito can start having quality starts, that's going to help the White Sox a whole lot. 
I'm also very excited about these young White Sox players. I'm a big um, Eloy Jimenez fan right now. He got his first career um, major league hit against the Kansas City Royals, which was a single up the middle. He also he wears these bright red batting gloves, which I'm a big fan of. He's got a lot of swagger. He's six foot four, which I didn't realize. He's six four. Uh, how much did he weigh? He's like a big guy. Which he I weighs six hundred pounds. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, the other thing though, in that game against Kansas City, he got a called strike, called strike three, and he started arguing with the ump. And that was like, it's his second game in the majors, and he is arguing called strikes with the ups. So this guy's gonna get, he's got a lot of flavor. He's probably gonna get tossed a lot, is what I'm guessing. He's probably gonna get a lot of called strikes on him. Meets he's gonna get a trophy from Dump on the Ump, though. Yeah. I I think so. I'm I'm hoping he'll be a Dump on the Ump all star with his. Red batting gloves and arguing with the uh, with the umps over called strikes. So Eli, here's the question: How do you feel about this guy Eloy? Like that's that kind of feels like a slap in the face to you, right? Eloy, Eloy, Jimenez, yeah, with the White Sox, right? Because it's like Eli, but it's like Eloy. You know what I mean? It sounds more like alloy, but <sighs> like. No. It just feels like this guy should be your natural enemy. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I can lean into that. <clears throat> Wait, can he be, can he be um, Eli's natural enemy and a dump on the hump also? I mean, time will tell. <clears throat> okay. Maybe the I'm other- channeling dump on the ump hatred towards umpires through the podcast into Eli. Like, Eli is oh, like some kind of psychic Eli, right? It's like a yeah, I like cosmic game of telephone, right? Cool. Oh, I hope that yeah, send good vibes. I'm excited about that. The other bright spot so far for the White Sox. What? Nothing. I said we have the same birthday. Really? Oh, really? No. Like wow. <laughs> November twenty seventh. I was gonna say fuck that. His birthday is November twenty seventh. When's yours? Not that day. <laughs> Not even that. Uh, the, the other thing I wanted to mention was no. Okay, we're way off. The other thing I wanted to mention is yeah, it's only four games, but Yohan Moncada has hit safely in all four games. So far for the season, he is has a 462 average with a 1269 OPS. So I'm guessing that's going to be, you know, maintained for the entire season. Right. Speaking of overreacting. Yeah. MV- sample size. <laughs> MVP, AL MVP, Yohan Moncada, he's going to hit 462 this entire season. <laughs> But he's good. He's good too. So they've got they've got a good offense. They just suck at everything else. You hear about how 
all the Yankee players are made out of glass. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not surprised. But uh, no. Yankee infielder uh, Miguel Ed Duhar went on the ten day DL or IL as it's called now <clears throat> today with a right shoulder injury, and he's joining um, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who also landed on the ten day IL with a strain to his left bicep. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yankees. Strain bicep? Ooh. That sounds like steroids. You heard it here first. John <laughs> yeah. Stanton's probably juicing. <clears throat> well, if it sounds like steroids and looks like steroids, and you see him doing steroids, it's probably steroids. Yeah. It does look like steroids. That guy's huge. It looks like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Yankees, I watched them against the Orioles. They dropped two out of three to, to the Orange Birds. Um, those guys strike out a lot. Yeah. And that's going to be the Yankees' problem all season. Sanchez was one for four. He did hit a home run. But his other three at-bats were all strikeouts. Yeah, well, that's because they built a stadium that's um, at its farthest distance from home plate to the fence, 200 feet. So they're <laughs> essentially yeah. telling everyone to try and hit pop flies, and it'll work real well at home, and then they'll just eat their losses on the road. Right. Well, that's not. it didn't work. They got to do better than one and two against Baltimore. Yeah, well, they're going like uh, going to their home run trot on a short fly ball to the second baseman <laughs> when they're on the road. Yeah. In in other AL news, though, Joel, um, it, in overreactions to the first weekend of baseball, the Rays are currently in first place at three and one. So your prediction so far is just spot yeah. on. You guys all mocked me, Tampa Bay. I'm telling you. Yeah, right now Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and Seattle are your division leaders. Uh, yeah, Seattle's playing good ball, though. Yeah, Seattle is playing good ball. Five and one, because they won that two-game set against the Oakland A's in Japan. And then took three out of four against Boston. What did the Mariners? And, you know, shout-out to Seattle fans. Shout-out to Jesse. Shout-out to Thomas. You guys are out there. This is your moment in the sun because it doesn't. Right. There's not much sun in Seattle. It's mostly rain, and this is this is like the one day of year the sun is shining. So what have they got going? <laughs> uh, they've just been hitting a lot of home runs uncharacteristically. Yeah. Um, they've got who are their pitchers against the Red Sox? I don't know, but they all throw about 75 miles per hour. Oh, well, that's not good. Well, it was pretty effective, actually. They've got Tim Beckham, shortstop Tim Beckham. He's, what, 10 for 23, 435? Yeah, he's playing well. Does he have any home runs? Three home runs so far. That helps. Um, They've got D. Gordon. I like D. Gordon a lot. I believe it was D. Gordon who took out a full-size ad in the Seattle newspaper think, thanking Ichiro for yeah. 
at his retirement. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they talked about that a lot. That's that. He wrote a letter. He, like, sat down and wrote a letter about how much uh, Ichiro had meant to him as a young player and how emotional he was about Ichiro retiring. Cool. Right, because he was uh, just so little. Right, 5'11". Only 5'11". Hey, Joel. Yep. Your boy, Vladimir Guerrero, has resumed baseball activities. Wait, is, is he still in the minor league or what? Yeah, so, he's on my fantasy team. He's the only minor leaguer I have left on my. Let me let me rephrase that. He's the only currently not playing baseball player I have left on my fantasy team. When we drafted, I drafted three dudes who currently did not have jobs in the MLB, and he's the only one left because I ended up dropping Dallas Keuchel because I realized that was ridiculous. That I was basically eating a start until at least mid-May, probably. Uh, what, and, what's up with uh, Guerrero? Oh, they just say that he just is resuming baseball activities in Florida. Um, and he could be back with Toronto. Um, it's unclear. End it's of a- April. It says here, end of April or beginning of May. Yeah. Well, I'll hold on to him. You know, that's like what good investors do, right? You just hold on to the assets that aren't giving you anything. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's called the long game. <laughs> right. I've played the long game here, yeah. <laughs> also surprising is that Craig Kimbrell is still without a job. Yeah. And Dallas Keiko. What do you guys make of that? Well, um, I was here. I heard this thing during one of the games that they were talking about how uh, – they, people might not sign either of those guys until June. Wow. Uh, until after the June draft. Uh, because they are both... Like, <clears throat> if someone signs Craig Kimbrell right now, they have to give the Red Sox a draft pick, and no one wants to do that. But if it's after the like summer draft or whatever, then they don't have to do that anymore. Wow. So it becomes cheaper. It becomes cheaper for teams signing these players to sign them after they no longer have to give up a prospect, basically. Right. Well, that'd be interesting. It it would be kind of like giving someone the first third of the season off, too. You know, maybe come right. back fresh with a right arm and finish strong. Right. I guess the only risk you run is that you really, if you really want the guy, then they could be scooped up at any moment. Right, but I think if you really, if anyone really wanted them, then they would have signed them already. Yeah, true. Yeah, I agree. Unless they get so cheap that they can go to Tampa Bay or Miami. Right. By cheap, I mean desperate. Because you have to be desperate to play in Florida. Uh, Tim Beckham is actually the AL Player of the Week. Unsurprising. His first six games in Seattle, he has an OPS of 1432. His first six games in Baltimore, he had an OPS of 1767. He's really good when he just immediately starts playing for your team. (laughs) 
Um, you know who else is off to a pretty good start? Christian Yelich. Yelich. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also Paul Goldschmidt. And Paul Goldschmidt. Man, and the NL Central could be really, really exciting this year. I know we don't pay a lot of attention to the National League, but uh, the Brewers have a stacked lineup. Sam, they were your pick for NL Central champs this year, and I can see why. There is not a lot of weak spots in that batting batting lineup. Yeah, they're good. <clears throat> and Kristen Yelich is looking superhuman, in fact. He probably is. Yeah. yeah. Tied the MLB record for hitting a home run in the first four games of the year, and if he hits a homer tonight, he'll win that. He'll he'll stand alone on that record. Which and that's is, that's tied with Barry Bonds, right? Is it? It's like tied with like a bunch of those juicers. Mark right. McGuire is one of them. Maybe Barry Bonds. I think Barry Bonds. Yelich doesn't look like a juicer though. No, he's pretty. He's like he's not. He's not a John Carlos Stanton looking guy. But he's right. not. He's I not a D Gordon looking guy either. He's like a pretty strapped dude, I guess. Yeah, he's not huge though. My favorite thing was when he hit one of those home runs against the Cardinals, and then nobody celebrated with him when he came back to the dugout. And right, he they just were all celebrated. Sick of yeah. And he just celebrated by himself, like in pretend, like hugging ghosts and high fiving ghosts, dabbing up ghosts. I like to think that Christian Yelich is actually in Field of Dreams. Like he doesn't realize that there are other baseball players out there. He just sees all the dead ghosts in the mil- in Miller Park, and they're his friends. Right. The no, other- they're not ghosts of baseball players. They're like both yeah. ghosts of people who have died on the beer assembly lines. So yeah. Know. Yeah. With <laughs> a sausage making factory like Right, yeah. Mangled. Just like old old timey like mangled sausage makers. <laughs> <laughs> Missing arms because they got chopped up. <laughs> exactly. Sausage. Exactly. He has a flashback every time they run the sausage guy raised right at, at the park. <laughs> Yeah, Christian Yellich is a weird dude. <laughs> a lot of demons. Well, yeah, a lot of demons. A lot of demons with that guy. <laughs> Padres. Padres off to a hot start as well. And Padres. Three and one. Uh, but, but Machado is not. Uh, let me check that. He is, he is not off to a hot start. I uh, watched a Padres game. On opening day, actually. Um, Who were they playing? Not the Dodgers. The Giants. They were playing the yeah, Giants. I San Francisco. Take that into account. Because I don't think the Giants are going to be good. Right. Go the geriatric. <laughs> yeah, the like, geriatric. Home guy. for Major League Baseball players. San yeah. Francisco Giants. Yeah, Machado's um, getting 200 with zero home runs and one OBI. So, not well, a great Anyway, I was watching that game, and a couple things about that game. First of all, Don Arcillo is the play-by-play commentator for San San Diego, um, who used to be the play-by-play guy for the Red Sox. And he was, like, lost a ton of weight. He was, like, tan. He was, like, wearing a tank top and, like, gold chains and just, like, loving life there. 
It's like he had definitely gotten <laughs> into the San Diego vibe. You know? Hi. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, and then they have a young and kind of exciting team. They have Tatis Jr., Machado, Paddock. They have a they they are like a real wild card team. They could be good. That's uh, that's that's exciting for Don Orsillo because I feel like he joined the Red Sox a kind of a slim, like pasty white guy, and now he's just like roly poly. He loves eating hot dogs. That guy. I think him and I would get along real well. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Lots of fun. I think keep an eye on San Diego, keep an eye on Milwaukee. And now, guys, I now know that those are two different teams. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for five years. This is the first year where I figured out that the Padres and the Brewers were actually different teams. I'm uh, still on the fence. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Um, I forgot to do this. Oh, shout outs. Thanks for everybody who listened to last week's episodes. Um, New York City, Providence, Chicago, Monticello, Illinois, what? Lockport, Quincy, Massachusetts, Barcelona, Spain, Hood River, Lewiston, Maine, Sheboygan. That's probably messy. Messi? Lionel, Lionel Messi listening to Dump on the Up. We can only it's assume. Bus- in Barcelona. In yeah. Barcelona, yeah. Yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio, Joliet. I'm just scrolling down real quick. Uh, Brattleboro, Vermont. Stowe, Vermont? Yeah, that's a place. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, so, hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Thanks for listening to us. If you didn't listen to us last week, check it out. We do our AL picks. Um, that's our last week. Sam visited me in Champaign. We had a good time. Sam almost died from all the cheese. Yeah, I had a little cheese overdose. Yeah. Also, I want to give a shout-out to the University of Oregon women's basketball team. They're in the Final Four. Dope. Yeah. Women's basketball. It's cool. Uh, check us out on all your social media platforms. Tweet at us, at Dump on the Ump. Uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dump on the Ump. Find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Uppenhemp. Uppenhemp. And uh, give us a subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, and review us. If you do, I will read it on the air. Uh, check us out later in the B Block. We'll be talking Tommy John surgery. It's what all the rage these days, all the kids are doing it. You should do it too. Right. Uh, <laughs> Anything I'm forgetting, guys? No, that's it. Uh, Hey, thanks very much, everybody. Have a great evening and a pleasure.